Welcome to the NACA American Dream Program. Each week, we'll talk about how NACA is revolutionizing mortgage lending with the best mortgage in America. It's no down payment, no closing cost or fees, no PMI, no consideration of your credit score. And guess what? It's at a below market fixed rate. NACA's just relentless. This is the NACA way. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of NACA's American Dream Program, where we talk about ways that you can get the home that you want, that you're looking for with the with America's best program, NACA. But we have some exciting guests today. It has been a minute since we've had the regional managers on, but we have Cedric and DJ on to answer questions. So guys, if you have any questions, please feel free to give us a call at 833- 771-0500. But before we get started, we always have to talk to our Mrs. of Ceremony over in Texas, Houston, Texas, to be exact. Anjanette, what's going on over there? How you doing? Hey, 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 Damien, and all of you Nacolodians out there in Nacoland, what's going on? It's great to be here. And guess what? It is a beautiful day to be out there looking for your dream home brought to you and powered by America's Best Mortgage, NACA. And guess what? At a 30-year fixed rate of 5.25% and 4.375 at a 15-year interest rate, you can't beat that with a stick. Go ahead on and poke me because I am done like a steak. How about that? Guess what, Damien? These are not guests on the show. Cedric Smith and DJ Mercetic are not guests. Anytime we're able to have our regionals on the show, it is always a treat because they are they their family. This is the NACA family brought to you by NACA for us and by us. And we're here today to answer all of those misnomers and questions that you have about, guess what? How do I get a step closer to uh, wealth building? How and getting qualified? And that answer is brought to you right here today. So we are going to have a good time. We don't get the regionals on that often, but when we do, we make it work for you. We make it last for you, and we give you the news that you can use right here. Brought to you and powered by NACA. Damien, guess what we got coming up? Uh-uh, what? What's going on? We have a Baltimore achieve the dream event now you know we just finished last show talking about houston and all the great the times we had and all this. everything under the sun it was like a state fair and you know at state fair you get the good food you get good information and you get qualified it was everything we had rental assistance mortgage assistance utility assistance and more everything under one roof but guess what we're gonna do it again September 8th through the 12th, we will be in Baltimore. Ironically enough, that is the Baltimore, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. And Mm -hmm. guess what? This is why we have DJ and Cedric on today, because they're going to be talking about the Baltimore, Maryland, Richmond, Virginia, and D.C. event that's going to be at in Baltimore. And if I'm not mistaken, let me just double check. It is going to be at the Baltimore Convention Center. That's 1 West Pratt Street. That's in Baltimore. So check us out September 8th through the 12th for five days. This is a five-day event at the Baltimore Convention Center. But guess what? This is DJ and Cedric's region. And the best person to know how to get through the process in that Eastern region would be these two gentlemen. So Damien, you know what? Put your seatbelt on, strap it in, lock it down, because this is going to be a good show, guys. Welcome to the show. Welcome, and this welcome, is DJ welcome. first time. So y'all know we got we to throw some hearts up out there on Facebook land. You guys throw DJ some hearts because we don't have him that often, but he is a wealth of knowledge. And I'm going to go through one by one, Damien, if you don't mind. And we're going to ask Cedric and DJ who they are, what region they they support, and how long they've been with NACA. So let's see, let's awesome. get it started. Cedric? Well, bu- buckle up and hold on tight. We got it for you. My <laughs> name is do. Cedric Smith. I'm the regional director for NACA's nine Northeastern offices in the United States. Uh, don't let the title fool you folks, because my primary job is to get loans closed. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll be here to answer questions for the next hour, along with my compatriot, DJ. 
Uh, and DJ, go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure. Um, well, welcome to the show. And uh, my name is DJ. I work in the Washington, D.C. office. I head the uh, Washington, D.C. metro area. Um, I primarily sit in the D.C. office, but I alternate between D.C. and Baltimore. I've been with NACA for <clears throat> a little over 13 years. So I'm quite familiar with the area and quite familiar with NACA, and I am here to be a resource. So Awesome. Absolutely. So between the two, Cedric, how many years did you say you've been with the company? I didn't say, but for the record, uh, I am in my seventh year at NACA. I joined in 2016. Um, so it's I've, I've held various uh, positions throughout my nearly seven years at the uh, at the company. I started as a counselor, moved up to an office director, and now I'm a regional director with multiple offices. Absolutely. And DJ? A uh, pretty similar story, but I've been around here a little bit longer than Cedric, so it would be 13 years, I believe, in a week. 13 um, years in one yep, week. Yep, I started the, as a counselor in Washington, D.C. Um, shortly after, I took on a region, ran that for a while, and then decided to come back home and sit in the office and grow the region here. Love it, love it, love it. So guys, guess what? Look at the tenure look at the seasoning of the counselors and the regionals that we have on the show. We had some good seasoned counselors on the show before. We have top of the line regionals that are actually directing the counselors and getting you one step closer to that home. Uh, guess what? I want you guys to remember, we're not just on Facebook. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So you can like us, love us, do whatever you want to do to us. But you better give us a call at 833-771-0500. That's 833-071-0500. And so guess what? Go ahead on and give us a call and get those questions going. We already got them started. So we're going to start up and give Tasha some hearts. Damien, before we get started, did you have anything you'd like yeah. to add? Well, I wanted to tackle and, and have the regionals to discuss. A lot of people may be new to this. This may be their first time. And so with us having um, this high interest rate, the elephant in the room as to why some people are not, you know, getting houses, I wanted them to kind of just talk about all of the benefits of NACA, the fact that you get 1% below, that's free, you know, you're not paying for this, you're not paying for this, so they can now compare apples to apples and now see what they're getting and why they still should go through NACA as opposed to outside, all of the benefits that NACA has to offer. Would you guys care to discuss that or just kind of briefly talk about, you know, what all NACA has as opposed to what's outside? Interest rate has been a big question lately. Yeah, yeah and look, we're getting tons of inquiries about the interest rates because the Fed has announced basically to fight inflation, they're going to be raising rates throughout this year. Mm -hmm. So with that, we have seen interest rates spike lately, but the important thing, thing I think NACA members or potential NACA members should remember is that we will always be lower than the standard market rate that's published on any given day. Mm. So when you see our website and see our published daily rate, you can best believe it's going to be slightly below what's out there on the rest of the marketplace. So that's the good thing. We will always, it's in our contract with our lender to always beat the competition on interest rate, even when there are spikes, as we're going through right now. Absolutely. Thank uh, you. What's also important to remember um, about the NACA's interest rate, it doesn't depend on your credit. So mm. we, we are below market rate at the best of circumstances. That means if you have good credit, um, we are still below. So um, we don't even look at the credit score. Uh, so for those people who, who have lower credit score, and are trying to find, you know, uh, find their way through the market. They're going to have their rates are going to be even higher than what the lenders currently publicize. And a lot. Last thing I want to warn everybody: when they research the rates, they might show you what the rate is, but they might not tell you what the well. They they have to tell you what the cost is, but it might be in fine print. So they might advertise the APR. <clears throat> But you have to find out how much that costs you. So click on the stars, click on the more info and find out what it costs to get that rate out in the market. With NACA, it's straightforward. No consideration of the credit score. You get what's on there. And our, our APR is usually um, the interest rate that you get because there aren't any points and fees that you pay. 
That's right. Wow. Wow. And Damien, it's, it's so good that he mentions that. Don't you think? Because when people are comparing, I always tell people, you know, stop comparing yourself to this person or that person. And so when you, if you are comparing banks to, to other programs and things like that, to the NACA program, compare apples to apples. Yeah, the rate is going up slightly a little higher than anticipated, but look at what's happening with that. And DJ said it best, tell, have, have your bank or have that program to tell you everything that goes in to the, what, what the rate is and, and what your payment will be. And we don't consider one's credit. I saw out there on, um, on Facebook in the comment section, someone was saying, yeah, I think I'm ready for the NACA program. I've been working on my credit. It's no consideration of your credit score. 480 exactly. here, still got a home with a 480. So if I can get one, you definitely can get one. So that's yeah. saying something. That's saying <laughs> something. It is. Yes. It is. You know, it really is. So, DJ, you know, thank you for bringing that point up because that's interesting and it's good for people to look at the, look at things in a holistic manner. Um, uh, and so, we definitely want to take your questions. But I know interest rate is always lately been the topic of discussion, so it's good we're tackling that one, Damian, right off the bat. 833-771-0500. 833-771-0500. Take them in. We're taking taking them in now. We got Tasha. Everybody throw some hearts up for Tasha out there in Facebook land. Tasha, we appreciate your question. Tasha says, hello, I'm working on my action plan items, but can't tell if multiple pages are downloading. Is there a way to check? And I am assuming she's talking about from the member portal, which is our new our new state of the art uh, art system that we're using now. Hmm. That's a. I'm trying to understand her predicament because it sounds like she's trying to respond to a condition or an action plan item with a multiple page document. Um, and it's my understanding that as long as the document is a PDF document and has multiple pages, you upload it all at once, not page by page, but all at once. So I'm hoping that's what's occurring here. Uh, we have seen people in the new portal try to upload one page at a time, but you just need to make sure your upload is multiple pages before you upload it and it should all come through so we can see it. And Tasha, another thing you can do just to double check, and if you want to double check yourself, I always recommend that people contact our, our member services at 425-602-6222. That's 425-602-6222. And double check and ask them, do you see what I'm seeing? Can you look at my file? Can you tell what documents have come through? And maybe from there, you can work that out. Uh, if, if, that, if that helped you, let us know. And if it didn't, Again, 425-602-6222, all right? Just, Elaine, just, go ahead, Damien. Also, FYI on that, you have to, one of the things I always suggest when you're uploading your documents, when you upload your, say, your bank statement, you're uploading it to the bank statement area. So it's specifically where the mortgage council needs to find it. When you upload your W-2s, it's exactly where it needs to be. However, I always recommend that everybody also email to your file so that it's there. It's in a in a bucket, but your counselor has to go find it. So I wouldn't send too many at a time, but it's still there, even if you're unsure if it uploaded to the file. The other thing I would suggest is being careful that your file is not too big. So if you're able to compress it, um, I think I use something like free PDF so I can compress it because sometimes you're sending an email, but your system may not let you know that that file was too big. So just be careful about how large your files are when you're trying to upload them to them. Make them as simple as possible and easy as possible for the mortgage counselor to be able to find, get to everything, to be able to, be able to better help you. Uh, Damien, do you mind if I just add a little bit to that, what you just said? And this is just to protect everybody's privacy, right? Because Correct. we are secure and we wanna make sure that your information is secure. So when you're using these PDF softwares and things of that nature, remember, if you're uploading documents into a database online, mm -hmm. you're basically sharing your personal information, your banking, your photo ID. So be careful what you're doing with that and make sure that you're not uploading anything into a, in an appropriate um, database where your information can be shared. So those, those things are very, very important. 
Thank you. I appreciate Absolutely. that. That's good Absolutely. To Again, that's what we're doing here, everybody, giving you news that you can use to help you succeed right here um, at NACA. 833-771-0500. We're going to keep it going. And our next question comes from Elaine out there in Facebook land. Hi, Elaine. Elaine says, hi, I would like to know why I keep getting denied and I have submitted everything they asked me for. That's interesting because denied is a, a that, that's a, it's ugh. not the terminology we yeah, use here that's at that's a jawbreaker for me. I'm like, my, my I would like to, almost trust I would like to is, take a shot yeah. at this, um, at this question. So one of the things that we never, ever say denied. Yeah. Um, and another thing is you uploading the documents doesn't guarantee successful process completion. It is an interaction between you and the counselor that leads you from A to B to D and all the way down to, to the finish line. So if you're uploading your documents, but you don't have appointments to follow up with that, it isn't going to move forward. So NACA is a counseling organization. We have to document counseling in order for us to give you this product where we remove the closing costs, the, the, the credit score requirement, the PMI, because the lender is taking all the risk. And if we don't counsel, if we don't, if we don't interact with you, we don't get the job done and we can't get you the product that we are offering you today. So most people think that, hey, I'll upload my documents and things will happen and I will get a yes or a no. This is not that type, type, of, type, of, type of company. You have to interact with the counselor. You have to receive the counseling. Some of you will get more, some of you will get less, but it has to be documented and, 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 we, can, you know, and we can move your file along that way. But uploading documents on its own, does not move you file forward mm -hmm. an inch. And, and that more so or less. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Cedric. No, I just wanted to add on real quick. That more or less that DJ just said is the key here because some of y'all, yeah, I'm country. Some of y'all, <laughs> when you interact with your counselor, you will only need maybe one or two counseling sessions because, mm -hmm. you know, your financial documents are up to up to date. They're, they, they look fine and your counselor can review and move you along to be approved quickly. But others of you, when when your file gets submitted to underwriting, you, you have to understand, first, we do all of our underwriting manually. It's done by hand. And it is a human being looking at all your bank statements, looking at all your pay stubs. And if you get conditions, um, your file gets submitted by your counselor for approval, but it comes back. Remember, we don't deny anybody, but they may send your file back to the counselor saying, hey, not ready for approval yet because these conditions need to be satisfied. And that back and forth can occur several times if we don't get the exact documentation we need or if the documentation you submit requires us to ask and determine some other questions that need to be answered. So don't be discouraged if your file keeps coming back from underwriting not yet approved keep on following the counselor's instructions because if underwriting sends it back with more conditions that just means there's more questions that need to be answered before we can approve you but take my word for it if you go back and forth enough times and everybody's file is different you go back and forth enough times you should get qualified so don't be discouraged because your file might have gotten submitted a couple times and came back not approved yet uh, it just means it's not 100% ready. And we're not going to approve anybody. Let me just add this. We're not going to qualify or approve anybody if we're not 100% sure we can get your loan closed. So then and only then, when we feel like we have all the documents we need, will your file be approved so you can start house shopping. But until then, we got to gather documents. So don't get discouraged. Right. You follow the counselor's advice. Absolutely. Go ahead. And did you guys say that one of the things that you guys in your departments do that's different from the outside world is they go ahead and qualify people and then later find out what's wrong, whereas you guys do it on the front end so you can make sure that when you send them to the bank, they're going to be qualified. You're not wondering, well, maybe, maybe not. Is this going to pop up? You kind of already like like what we do credit access. I kind of call it like a pre-bank application to make sure everything is ready and, get, and can pass. Is that is that fair enough or is that a fair assessment? Good enough. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Look, there are many checks and balances uh, once you get qualified. You're right. Later on in the process, we, we take the members through qualified members begin their house shopping experience. They find a house, their dream home. They sign a contract. The seller of that home agrees to the price. And now we've got a signed contract. Well, we're going to do extra due diligence to, in essence, make sure your qualification still stands. And we call that credit access. So, yeah, there's going to be a second, probably a third look at your documentation, your finances, so that once we approve everything and send it to the bank, in, in NACA world, we're calling it bulletproof. Nobody can shoot holes through it because yeah. we've done our due diligence. So qualification, <laughs> credit access, bank application. By the time we send it off to the bank, it's bulletproof. And we, we, we simply don't sit around and stand for the bank saying, oh, you know what? That one's not going to. Nope. Too late. We've done our due diligence. You got to fund this loan. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And I like that term you're saying bulletproof and how you and DJ articulated it. You know, we're not denying you. Uh, and, and the one thing that resonates with me is I meet people so often that say, well, I gave them everything they need. Mm -hmm. Did you give them everything on the action plan? Well, I gave them everything they need, what they, what you think they need and what was asked for is two different things. And is, as CJ so eloquently said it, you can't do that alone. You have to go ahead on and submit all the necessary documentations from your action plan that's requested of you and then follow up, call the number, follow up, say, hey, you know, I need an appointment now. I've done everything, but give me an appointment so that I can take this the, to the next step. So, you know, we call it level up. So you got to keep going. You can want to keep going to the next level. So level up, submit your documents and level up. So I love the bulletproof term. Thank you, um, Elaine. I hope that answered your question. If not, you know, check us back in, check back in with us. We'd love to hear from you. Lisa is saying, and hi, Lisa out there, how many co-owner owners partners together to buy a fourplex? So I, I, it sounds like she wants a multi-unit, but trying to see how many people can be on the loan to get the multi-unit. Oh, that's a tricky question. It is. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, let me just say this. NACA doesn't do co-signers. Mm -hmm. One of the things that NACA requires everybody on the loan is to live in the property that they purchased through, mm -hmm. through the program. Be that the multi-unit, be that a single family home. Um, when you purchase a home through NACA, you are required to occupy it, either the home you purchase or one of the units if you're purchasing a multi-unit. So we, while we don't have a restriction on how many borrowers can be on a loan, uh, be that a single family or a multi-unit, you do have to understand that whoever's on that loan must occupy one of the units. Uh, when it comes to multi-units, it gets a little bit more tricky because it has to make sense. Uh, so if you are looking to purchase a multi-unit, be that a duplex, triplex, or a quadplex, you have to remember one of them has to be occupied by the borrower or the borrowers, and the other ones are being rented. And that's part of the income that determines how much you can qualify for. So if, if three borrowers are purchasing a multi-unit, and you know, trying to convince NACA that they're going to occupy one one bedroom unit, it's not going to make sense. So um, it's it's not an easy question to answer. It will depend on the circumstances. So, for example, if a couple purchases a multi-unit and they are occupying one of them, and it's a two-bedroom sufficient size for for them and their family, if it's larger, then it makes sense. But if, 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 if the multi-unit consists of four units that are one bedroom each or studio apartments and you have three borrowers that are not related, then we have to dissect that and see how it's going to work because it's not feasible to expect that all three borrowers will occupy a single bedroom mm -hmm. unit. So um, my, my suggestion is when you start the process, disclose to your counselor what your intention is. And that's when NACA superpower comes in. We can tailor the situation to you and give you the best path forward because we put ourselves in a position with our lender is once we say it's so, it's so. But we have to make the decision that it makes sense. Right. 
I hope that made sense. It, it does make sense. Basically, you're setting them up on a path of success and not failure. So before you get into that fourplex, they want to make absolutely sure you understand the, the, the criteria for even getting qualified for the fourplex. So Lisa, you know, let us know if that helped you. And if it didn't, reach back out and give us more detailed information about your question, okay? Um, I'm going to toggle back and forth. So Mel, Mo, Kia, I am coming right back to you, but I got phone calls coming and I got Facebook and our social media out there is coming. So I'm going to toggle back and forth just out of fairness here. 410, I don't know what that is, but 410 called and said, would it disqualify, would, would I be disqualified if the tax payment is pulled from my minimum required funds? Hmm. Interesting. Tax payment in what respect? Uh, uh, I guess taxes that are owed, the IRS or? I, I'm thinking what 410 is saying, if the tax payment is pulled from a minimum required funds, it's time for, for 410 to pay their taxes. I'm thinking those extensions have, mm -hmm. have, have matured. I'm just speaking from experience. <laughs> um, but we're all family here. But if that if it's time for those tax payments to be paid and you're pulling that out of your minimum minimum required funds, I cannot tell you to do that, but I wouldn't do that because how are you going to get your minimum required funds? But I know you got to pay your taxes. So is there any advice that you guys can give once they pull money from their minimum required funds? Is that frowned upon to the counselor or the bank? Well, well there's go ahead, DJ. I was going to say, I was going to differentiate two things when it comes to uh, qualification criteria surrounding funds, right? Mm -hmm. We have payment shock mm -hmm. and we have minimum requirement funds, right? So let me address what the caller said, minimum requirement funds. Those are the funds you have to have to close. So if you pay your taxes and you dip below the minimum requirement funds threshold that you need in order to close, then you cannot close. So um, will it disqualify you? Of course not, because I mentioned earlier, we never say no. We never say you're disqualified, you're denied. But we will tell you once your taxes are paid, let's work on getting some of those savings back up. Right. Okay. That's so to answer the question directly, will it will it affect your qualification? Absolutely. Because if you don't have the funds to close, we can't close on your loan and we can't send you like that to the lender. The second right. part is the uh, payment shock savings. So if you have to demonstrate your ability to afford a higher mortgage, we have thing called payment shock savings. Now, you have to save a certain amount of every month to show us you can afford that payment. Now, if your tax payment is pulled on a particular month, that will affect your ability to, to save that amount. In that regards, it will not affect you because it's a one-time withdrawal and it doesn't occur every month. So we can account for it. I just wanted to make that okay. distinction. Yep. But now also in that vein, so that they're clear, because what if they're in the choice of, well, should I pay my taxes or should I just keep my minimum required funds? Isn't there some kind of criteria that they need to go ahead and pay their taxes that they owe to? How does that work? So they'll, so everybody will know that piece too. Absolutely. If it's current year taxes, uh, the most recent year that we all filed is 2021. So okay. if it's 2021 IRS federal government taxes that you owe it's imperative that you get those paid now i don't know the case filed personally but if you owe 2021 taxes and you've got to dip into your you know reserves into your funds to get those taxes paid then that simply means you you dipped into your minimum required funds to make sure your government debt is satisfied which is a requirement of ours now you're below what you need for minimum required funds. So mm -hmm. all you've done really is just kind of delayed your qualification until you can build those funds back up. Okay. Because as DJ said, you've got to have minimum required funds for closing day. So you, you've just bought yourself a little extra time if you got to dip into your, your MRF right now. But paying taxes, look, we'd rather have you do that and delay your qualification a little bit than us try to Absolutely. pigeonhole you into a home with federal taxes over your head, over your head. that the yeah. government can come after you for. And they uh, make no mistake, 
uh, the, the IRS can foreclose on you if you owe taxes in the wrong way. So especially rather, now with 85,000 new ones with guns, right? <laughs> the IRS true. just announced that they're hiring 85,000 new agents. So yeah, get the taxes paid as a priority. Uh, even if it means delaying a little bit your, your NACA qualification, because we'll wait for you to get those funds built back up. Right, right. And it's good to see that you, you're replenishing your minimum required funds and taking handling your business, as we say. Take care of your business first. All right. So toggling back and forth, Mel. Mel is saying, I've been NACA approved. However, my agent, Damien, this is a good one for a real estate. However, my agent is moving super slow without an, any urgency. I'm so sorry to hear this. Any suggestions? And I am in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia market. Ooh. So Excellent. another question that you probably want to ask first, is it an in-house? You said it was an in-house agent? or They did not say whether it was. He just said, wanna... Mel just said, my agent is moving super slow. So two, you want to clarify which one it is, if it's an, because there's nothing we can really do about an outside agent. Um, whereas if, if it's an inside agent, that's something that we can moderate control or have, you know, some sense of sensibility about it. So that would be the first question that's asked, is it an inside agent or outside? That's one. Um, I would, I would like to add to that, um, that you are the one who hires an individual to represent you they as, as a home buyer. They work for you. for you. They are compensated for the work they get. True. So you need to make a correct selection. Whether that's an in-house agent, referral agent, or an outside agent, right. you interview that individual to see whether they can suit your needs. If this is the case, NACA would love you to provide us with feedback so we can determine if it's within our uh, control to remedy any of that if it's an either a referral or an in-house agent but if it's an outside agent fire them get somebody who who's going to align their interest with yours yeah. folks <laughs> folks you I have to understand it's a large purchase you're going to make a real estate agent is an important a vital part of the transaction mm -hmm. and if they have a state department nine to five and do real estate after work, you are not their priority. Right. And this is just an example of what 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 you know what could um, result in problems. But you interview the individual, you make sure that their interests are aligned with yours, and then can provide you with the service because you're the one that picks them. That's exactly right. And you you're you're the customer, and the customer is always what right. Yeah. And so that being said, DJ said it best, you know, you need to have a come to Jesus meeting with your agent. And again, if they have other priorities, that's other than you. And I walk into a store and I demand attention. I stand there until somebody asks me, may I help you? That's everywhere I go. And so I, I walk in and I, if my, if my presence don't demand attention, me just standing there, not doing anything, we'll get some attention. <laughs> so, and you can't afford to wait around. You can't yeah. afford to wait around. Because the this market, market is changing it's, it's every day. It's still a hot market. It's still a hot market. So yeah. it's cooling off a little bit. But yeah. you can't afford to have an agent that's taking two days to return your phone call. You need Not an yet. agent who works full-time as an agent. Yeah. Full-time as an agent and is, is on top of your case file ASAP right now. And, and, and Mel is clearly saying, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Smash the mm -hmm. gas. So Mel, you know, uh, definitely reach out to your agent. Let us know if you're working with an external agent or a NACA in-house agent. That is one of the benefits. They move quick for you because they get paid when you get when you get your house. So that's one of the incentives. But just real talk. I mean, that's not good customer service on their part. So let's make it work for you. Mo, Mo is saying, should we apply if you just signed a new lease? And you know what? We don't get this question all the time, but it is one of the most frequently asked questions. Should I sign up for, should I renew my lease if I'm going through the NACA program or just started the NACA program? And I think I know the answer, but I'm gonna let the subject matter experts tackle this. I think it's okay <laughs> to sign a new lease. Um, Everybody who comes through the NACA program has a different time horizon, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we know just historically 
Uh, a percentage of NACA members that first come to NACA will get approved quickly. Another bigger percentage will get qualified within 30, 60, 90 days. And then there are some tough cases that may require more than six months. So everybody's time horizon is different. Depending on your circumstances, it's okay if you signed a new lease, especially if your circumstances, and I'm just making this up, if your circumstances say that, okay, your case file is going to take you six to 12 months to qualify, then why not? Then yeah, you need, you, you have to have some place to live. Um, so in that case where, you know, you're not in a hurry to get qualified, um, you know that you have some challenges that your counselor is going to talk to you about. Um, because you still have to meet our guidelines to get qualified. Bottom line is what I'm saying is it's okay to sign a new lease uh, depending on your individual circumstances. Because we, one thing you can't do is come to the NACA program and say, hey, look, I got two weeks to vacate. Y'all have to approve me. It ain't going to happen that way. Nope, you got to be not going to happen that way. As a matter of fact, we don't qualify anybody based on the dire circumstances they're faced with. As a matter of fact, Dire circumstances, dire living circumstances may be a detriment to getting you qualified. I don't want to you know, speak too broadly, but when we hear of cases where, hey, I got to move because my landlord this or I have to do this, that is not a good look on paper. That is not saying, hey, I'm stable, I'm steady, and I, I want the bank to approve my loan. It's saying just the opposite, as a matter of fact. So I guess it just depends on your circumstances whether you're, you know, it doesn't hinder you, let's put it that way. If you sign a new lease, uh, we just will need to know, okay, if you're gonna break that lease, what are the ramifications? All right. Um, well, will you be able to get out of it and pay two months and be off scot-free? We'll be looking at things like that if we have to, have to, you know, have you break your lease. Well, we would never ask you to break your lease, but if we qualify you and that requires you to, you know, break your lease then we just want to know what the stipulations are to get out of that lease but in and of itself no problem signing a new lease absolutely all right now i'm going to continue to toggle 404 called in and you know i don't know he or she had quite a bit to say so i chopped it up i'm gonna chop up half of it but i i get the gist of where you're going 404 i believe that's georgia 404 is saying good afternoon i think this program is wonderful however the process is extremely difficult to navigate. I have reached out numerous occasions um, to get help with documents that are required and no one has been able to provide you with any help. And he or she further goes on to say, they tell me to go back to the website and I'm thinking they're meaning the portal and redo their documents and things like that. But to no avail, I feel like I'm going into a circular pattern here. So 404, I'm going to tell you, well, let me let the, the regionals give you their spiel on it. But definitely, I, I know how to sound the alarm. I keep calling member services to tell them, wait, look at this. But what do you guys want them to do? Well, um, it's important to know what to do when. And more important than that is it's important to know what resources you have at your disposal. So listening to the message, one of the problems that I see that you're encountering is that you don't know how to complete the portal information and you're getting vague instructions. Well, one of the things that NACA does to, uh, to, to help with that is provide you a wealth of resources. And all of those resources compiled under www.naca.com. If you go there and hover your mouse above the home buyers heading, which is upper, upper middle screen, go down to resources. resources. Plenty of them will tell you exactly which documents you're going to need. One of them is a NACA workbook that we give out at the very initial stages of your process. And that hasn't changed. Okay. Another thing is on the home page, if you scroll down about halfway through, you will see workshops and events. One of the things that we do is live webinars every week, multiple times a week. Mm -hmm. If you hit on the schedule and the very top, on the very top of the schedule is member portal overview which is hosted by our member services department every Monday 
and Wednesday between 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. It is a live interactive webinar where you learn how to navigate the NACA portal. So if you get what you need to upload from the NACA workbook and you go and attend this class, this webinar will guide you through how to best use your member portal and the member portal morphs to your individual circumstances. So if you put in that you're a W-2 employee, it will ask you for specific documents surrounding that. So it'll be very personalized, even though you're doing it online, it's, it's, it's almost as it's artificial intelligence. It knows what you are needing in order to complete each section, but start with the resources, go to the webinar, listen to it, have the tutorial. If you have to do it again, do it again. Right. Right. And that's that's how I would approach this. And um, I think we should do a little bit of a better job advertising these resources. Um, and, and, and this is a prime example of why. And they've added a Saturday workshop also, if I'm not mistaken, a Saturday webinar. This, the same one that goes on Monday and Wednesday nights, I believe, occurs noon on Saturday. On Saturday. I believe it should okay. be on the website as well. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. And those resources are good to know. So 404, please go to those resources, take a look at how to the how to's uh, when it comes to utilizing the member portal. And again, we always tell you if that doesn't get it for you, you can definitely reach out to get a live person on the line at 425-602-6222. Okay. One one last thing on that note, Go ahead. there mm -hmm. are some how-to videos coming because we are hearing this very feedback mm -hmm. from a lot of NACA members. So as we strive to continue to improve that NACA portal experience, uh, we've heard the message loud and clear. We're going to start putting some how-to videos in each of those sections so that uh, very soon it'll be as simple as click and show me how to do this section and boom, a little one-minute video will pop up showing you how to do it. So that's for coming soon. Section, for each section of the member portal? Yes, ma'am. That is mm -hmm. awesome. So if I'm stuck in section five, all I got to do is find that section five video and it'll navigate me through it. Absolutely. We're told it. it's coming very soon. Yep. I love it. I love it. I love it. Four, and four? one more thing. I'm sorry. Oh. One no, no, more no. thing. This that's is for those. For. This is for those who exhaust all of their resources, but are within the driving distance from an office. Remember, you can call our member services, explain your situation, and request a face-to-face -face appointment. That is correct. That way, you can come to us, bring your documents with you, and we'll do this the old-fashioned way. With all precautions taken, of course, that is also an option. You know, we've been operating in the, in the midst of a pandemic and the virtual wham for so long, DJ, totally forgot 47 offices across the country and more counting. So, you know, reach out to us, look us up on the on www.naca.com under locations and find the office that is closest near you. That's absolutely correct. All right, moving right on. So Kia, Kia is saying I've had to spend more than what I would like to since my first appointment. Oh, Kia. My next appointment is next month mm -hmm. and my financial records are going to show my spending. Thank you for your honesty, Kenya. Will that affect me moving along in the process at all? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. But that doesn't mean it's going to affect you negatively. Right. Because it depends on what you spent that extra money on. Look, mm -hmm. we I mentioned earlier, we do all of our underwriting manually there's no magic machine here at NACA that we're going to feed your application through and have that machine give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down we we don't do approvals like that we don't do qualification approvals like that it's all done by your counselor convincing a NACA underwriter uh, that your case deserves this special attention because of this emergency that popped up during the right. month. So it all depends on what you spent that money. Now, look, if you're like me and you sent it, you spent it at Popeye's, Chipotle and Bojangles, <laughs> that's one thing. But if you spent that money, you went over your budget on something that was absolutely necessary, uh, an emergency that couldn't be foreseen, 
we can make adjustments to uh, your counseling that would allow for that to pass through, no problem. So it all depends on what you spent the money on. It all depends on that. You and your counselor will discuss it at, at your next counseling session. Good information. Now, getting some feedback from both Tasha and Mo. So let's clear this up. Mo, I'm going to talk to you directly in a minute, but let me take care of Tasha. Tasha is now clearing up a question that she had. She said that, you know, she had asked a, a question about multiple pages, documents uploading and things like that. And she said, more specifically, I was referring to more, more like multiple canceled checks, for example. These were needed in addition to the letter of explanations. And I think that's a normal requirement that, that letters of explanation definitely is, but the canceled checks in addition to the letters of explanation, all of that information can, can be uploaded through the member portal. Am I missing anything? Yeah, I think I saw, I saw her uh, clarification come through. So I'm glad we're circling back to this. But what you wanna try to do is that letter of explanation and the canceled checks, try to scan those all together as one document, one, one PDF. PDF document, instead of trying to upload them, you know, one canceled check at a time, another canceled check, another canceled check, and then the letter. Mm -hmm. They should all be what we call here, packaged together as one document. Okay. So if you've got a scanner or a way to scan them all into one multiple page PDF, that's the way to do it and then upload that single PDF with everything together. Perfect. Now, Mo. Mo recently asked us the question about should he apply, uh, or should he apply even though he just signed a lease? And Cedric, you guys answered that one. And Mo is coming back saying, I'm trying to figure out what Mo trying to do here, but I think I got it. Mo say, if I apply on my own, can I ask someone to help if I need to? But Mo, if you applying on your own and someone helping you, are you applying on your own? Oh, which one crosses, which one came first, the chicken or the egg? But uh, Cedric DJ, if Mo applies on his own, can he add someone to help if need be? Absolutely help. not. Thank you. Uh, NACA and what's does the reason not, why? NACA does not do co-signers this is something i mentioned earlier when i was answering one of the questions um the reason why is well there's several reasons one is our contract our agreement with you requires you to occupy the property your own alone so if you are having a co-signer that co-signer has to occupy the property it's a compliance requirement otherwise we will not be able to finance the purchase Number two is, well, we don't want to rely on something that might not be there, right? Now, if this is a regular member of the household that is currently part of your household, currently part of your financial picture, and will continue being so, such as a spouse or, you know, a partner or whatever have you, right? Then, yeah, you can have somebody on the loan with you. You can buy a house together. There's a big difference of buying a house together and having somebody co-sign for you. That co-sign thing is thing of a past. And we definitely don't allow it at NACA because mm -hmm. of, the, of, of the two reasons I just explained. So um, if you want to go into a purchase with a co-signer or with a co-buyer, you may, but both of you are equally responsible for the loan and NACA guidelines, and one of them being living in the home for as long as you have to loan. That is a good, that's a good point. But, and and I, I, I want someone to, I want everybody to understand this. If you're trying to do something on your own and you're trying to be really, really ready for home ownership and all the beautifulness and ugliness that could possibly go into it, and you're trying to do it on your own and you need help now to get in, what's gonna happen later? So I always want you to think about the what ifs. What happens when the hot water heater breaks? What happens when the hailstorm come and you need a new roof and gotta pay a deductible? What happens when this happened and that happened and all of this? Home ownership is a beautiful thing, but things happen. And when those things happen, we want you to be fully prepared and ready for home ownership and all the splendor that goes along with it. And Mo, if you're needing help now just to get into the home, how is it gonna be when something comes up later? So start thinking it through, okay? 
So an, up, an update an update from Abriel says that Mo says it's his mom and they live together. So let me share a little okay. bit of a personal experience okay. there. Um, so when when we came to this country a while back and I started working for NACA, mm -hmm. my brother and my parents purchased a home together. But they didn't purchase it because um, he, they needed a co-signer. They purchased it with the full intention of being one household for the foreseeable future. So that if you and your mom are going to be one household for the foreseeable future, and both of you are committed to occupy the home with um, that you purchased through NACA, then absolutely, that will work just fine. But if you if you you framed it for us a little bit differently, and and that's what resulted in in us saying that we don't allow co-signers. No, more right. than one person can purchase a home but they're purchasing a home together to live in through NACA. Yeah. So if you and you and your mom are in a situation like that, then thumbs up. Absolutely. Beautiful situation, beautiful mode that you're a beautiful person. I love it already. You know, when you throw mama in there, I got soft on you then. Mm -hmm. so, so there you go, Mo. You know how to soften my heart. Thumbs up, hearts out to you. Okay, Kia says, did I get Kia? Oh, I think I got Kia already. Got you, got you, got you. Um, let's move on. I have one. I'm going to toggle back and forth from 212. 212 is saying, if you are an adult that has income, however, you are not going to be on the mortgage, do we need to provide debt or income for this person? I guess in it's saying grown child, basically. So you got a grown child living in the house, trying to get a, in the, in the rental and trying to get a home. Do they still have to include the debt and income of the adult person living with them, especially if it's a child, if it's child to that person, rather? I would say yes. Uh, it's important to note that here at NACA, we obviously do things a little bit different than the rest of the industry. We, we actually firmly believe that everybody should do it the way we do it, uh, because we counsel the entire household. Uh, when you when you're trying to when you initiate the NACA program, we do our best to you know ferret through all the nonsense. We just want to know what does your household look like right now, as compared to fast forward two or three months down the road. What's your household going to look like instead of paying rent, paying a mortgage? Mm -hmm. So when it comes to all adult household members in your family, yes, we want to look at how each adult member over the age of 21 is contributing to the family finances. So suffice it to say that yes, you will, even if you're an adult in the household and not necessarily gonna be on that loan, mm -hmm. not responsible for repayment of it, we still want to as assess your impact on the household's finances because it helps us determine. Remember, we do everything manually here. No fancy computer algorithms that tell us who gets approved or not. So it's a human being counselor and a human being underwriter looking at all the factors that go into the household and uh, all adults 21 and over will be reviewed as part of the household. Um, now you, you know, I got to play devil's advocate, but go ahead, Damien, because you probably about to do it too. Go ahead. I'm going to let you do take this one. <laughs> what if the adult person is refusing to give the information? Is that now going to hold the NACA person from being able to qualify because I may not want, I'm, I'm not interested in what you, you guys are doing. I don't want to give my information and that's it. Well, Damien, I'm going to ask you to go find another program, bro. No, I'm just kidding. Listen. <laughs> well, no, it's not the person that's trying to go through the program. It's that adult person that's in well, the house. And look, we, we see that on a regular basis. Uh -huh. uh, you know, my kid mm. is, you know, 22 years old. Mm -hmm. He's not really planning to go and occupy this home with me and my wife that are you know, essentially going to buy the house. Okay. So why do you need my 22-year-old son's, uh, you know, information? Well, as I stated earlier, we do need some basic information about how that 22-year-old son is affecting the family finances as they are currently, you know, currently situated. Um, but we're not trying to add or forcefully, forcefully add that 22-year-old to a contract or to a, a mortgage payment. So it's just for analysis purposes that we need some basic information 
before we will qualify. Now, here's the, here's the thing. I didn't want to say this, but I should put this out there. This rule applies to all adult members that intend to occupy the new home. Mm. That intend that to occupy the new home. So if you're able to successfully convince NACA that no, me and my wife are buying this house, our 22-year-old son, he's getting his own apartment. You may have to prove that. And therefore, we would make him exempt from this process. But in general, if your 22-year-old son has been living with you his entire life, just because you're buying a house doesn't mean you're kicking him out. But mm -hmm. there are certain circumstances where, all right, mom and dad are buying a house, but the son's not necessarily going with them. We may ask for, okay, show us where, where the son's moving to. Oh, he's, he's not going to the new home? All right, show us where he's moving to. Did, wow. he, did he sign a new lease under his name or some other evidence that he's going to live somewhere else? Okay. We can possibly work around that. You can work around it. Mm -hmm. All right. And Damien, I can't believe this, but uh, real quick, I'm going to couple three questions into one for DJ and Cedric as final question. So Salsa, Sabrina, and Pamela, I'm going to try to tie you guys in together so I can get your question answered. So guys, can we talk about payment shock and the surplus savings? Do we add these two and the total, is is that what the underwriters are seeking for the monthly payment? And can we explain minimum required funds? And Pamela is saying, where, where do we get the minimum required funds? Or, you know, where, where are we allowed to get the minimum required funds? What are the do's and don'ts? Can it be a gift or things like that? I'm, I'm thinking she's asking. So let's uh, discuss payment shock and minimum required funds. Two minutes, take it away. All right. Well, um, it's important to note that there are two distinct concepts. One of them is you showing NACA you can afford the mortgage payment you're seeking to qualify for. Okay. So that's the big distinction distinction between payment shock and minimum requirement funds. Minimum requirement funds are just it's a lump sum that you have to have on your account before we feel comfortable that you can successfully close on your home. It consists of the inspection you will pay for, the earnest money deposit you're going to have to write check for. It consists of the taxes and the insurance that you will pay for at the closing table and the prepaid interest. Okay, And it also consists of the last piece, which is reserves. This is what we want you to have left at the end of closing so that you have at least one two or three or four or five or six, however many months of, of reserves we determine that you need, depending on the type of property you're buying. Can payment shock be part of the minimum requirements or can it contribute to it? Yes. Can the minimum requirement funds contribute to the payment shock? No, because a lump sum that you have doesn't tell us you can afford the payment you're seeking. Payment shock is designated to be a fitting room for a mortgage, meaning you pay your rent, save this much every month consecutively, which is pretending to be paying the mortgage payment. Right. And that gives us, the, um, gives us the comfort level of how much we can qualify you for. Mm -hmm. But if your payment shock is $1,000 a month, can that $1,000 save be part of 6,000 that you need total? Absolutely. So it is part of it, but it's completely two different concepts. And you have to satisfy each one of them separately. You can't come to NACA with $30,000 in the bank that you might have gotten from a settlement and say, I've met my payment shot because I have 30,000 bucks. No, you didn't. You just have 30,000 bucks. We still don't know whether you can afford a $2,000 payment. You only pay a thousand for rent. Right. So um, that's my two minute intro to that I, mean, I love it. let, I let love me it. just add this yeah, if i can yes. so payment shock and mrf are two completely different things as he said so remember mm -hmm. minimum required funds is how much and you will get that analysis from your counselor once you meet with your counselor they will determine because everybody's minimum required funds is different it's calculated individually so only when you meet with a counselor will they determine what your minimum required funds amount is. Payment shock, think of it as this way. You and your counselor will also determine how much payment shock is. Because mm -hmm. for those of you that are paying a low amount of rent or no rent, you're going to have what we call payment shock. And the best way to envision payment shock is this. 
let's say you make $5,000 a month. I'm just making up a number because it's easy to calculate. You gross 5,000 a month, but after taxes and everything's taken out, you bring home 3,000 a month. Mm -hmm. So we're going to see 3,000 a month come into your bank statements every month. If your payment shock is a thousand a month, in other words, we need to see you saving a thousand month payment shock. That means of the 3000 you take in every month, you can only afford to spend 2000 of that. The remaining 1000 will stay in your account and we'll see that. All right. You bought in 3000. You only spent 2000 that month. By definition, you saved a thousand dollars. That's how you have to look at payment shock. How much coming in? versus how much going out. The difference between the two needs to be the payment shock number. Thank you. All right. And as always, Damien, it has happened again. There is never enough time when we get the regionals on. Let's do a second hour. (laughs) If it was only that easy, but we definitely will be inviting you right back into the house again, into NACA's house, which is your house too. So guess what? You can like us, love us, do whatever you want to do to us on our Facebook uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram pages. We're out there for you, giving you more of these questions, answering them for you, giving you more of what you need to succeed. And as always, you can find the latest at www.naca.com. Check us out, out. Check us out right there for all of your latest information. And guess what? We'll be right back here next Monday, giving you more of what you need to succeed. Damien, that's my time, guys. Hey. Thank you guys. Think it through. And there it is. Be safe, Have man. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. NACA's American Dream Program is a production of the Neighborhood Assistance Corporation of America, a national nonprofit organization fighting for economic justice through affordable homeownership and community advocacy. To learn more about NACA and our advocacy efforts, careers, NACA's Best in America Mortgage, or to join a NACA in your community, visit us at NACA.com.